you know, talk us through how, like, how do you get to 100 million tons from from where things are today? Is it in a thorough? Mate, it's, it has to be on the radar. I know, mate. It's it's not in there by accident. No, 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 no. So no, you're dead right. Well, you look. We're here to do something real. We're here to dig a hole. We're here to move the needle and make a difference. Right, g'day, money mourners. Oh, you know I love a good bloody weekend. Friday, 16th of June. Uh, gentlemen, Trav, welcome back to the desk, mate, and me exiting the desk. Oh, Matty, how are you? You've oh. got to be in the middle because you, you direct traffic, so yeah, on the end. I do. Yeah. The traffic controller. JD, sunshine, how'd you go? Mate, great. Uh, mate, we're getting some good feedback for our uh, episode, Jesty. Yeah, it's always good to hear, and we hinted at a potential treat for the money miners, and boy, have we got something in store. We have delivered money miners. So after our Delta Lithium Gina episode yesterday about uh, well, it's a, it was it was a Gina episode, but uh, Delta sort of I guess took over it as a, potentially a key yeah, player a bit in of this geopolitics. Whole, the whole works this whole thing. So great, great geopolitical lithium analysis by JD. But we've got Lano. We did we did have someone on. speculate we'd be getting Gina on, which we might. Yeah, sorry to let. I think. Um, We'll get I, there. I reckon I'd I'd take Flano any day. I reckon he's going to add. A, I reckon Flano is going to add a bit of uh, a bit of colour to this, which would be sensational. MD of Delta Lithium, David Flanagan, very well known, is going to be joining Money of Mine after the news recap. Very excited, boys! Can't wait. Pump, mate. You got to. Uh, you, you have I'm a way of getting straight to the source when the when the news comes in. I love I've it. Got to, uh, I've got to see if any of these word on the declines have any substance. <laughs> you reckon he'll give anything away? Oh, uh, he'll based be- on. ASX disclosure rules, probably not, but I will pose the question. We will find out, Matty. Look forward to it. Right, let's get into a news of the day, boys. Uh, a lot of trading halts. Oh, mate, just that felt like what the news was today. It was just trading halt, suspension, trading halt. So, yeah, should we start with DeGray? Ooh, DeGray? They had some news yesterday, a, a resource upgrade that we touched on on the recap yesterday. What's going on there, Trav? Well, it, by the way, are all these trading halts and like, you know, pauses in trading and market announcements getting updated recently? There must be some new case offices or something <laughs> at the ASX. There seems to be a lot of things being retracted, having to update. There's, yeah, I, mean, the, uh, if yeah, it's, I if think it's, they're cracking down a bit, I think. And if it's good news, you know, the company doesn't mind staying in a halt for a day, you know, build a bit build, build of suspense, build up the tension that they yeah. come, come out the next day and surprise the market, you know. The exciting announcement. So well, a bit no, different with DeGray here. It was, a, it was a bit of a funny one. It was. It was funny. I, I'm not sure they totally needed to go on a trading halt to rebut a statement in a West Australian article. Yeah, I'm not sure what you guys. Well, think they came that. out with the the upgraded mineral resource. I mean, it was it was you know like an extra million ounces or thereabouts, which um, in the context of what they've already got is you know it's not that much. Um, and you think back end of mine plan all that sort of stuff. So it's not super like meaningful, but. The West Australia certainly pumped it up and quoted it as an extra $3 billion of value when they you know, just applied a bloody current gold price at the in-situ value. Yeah. value. Very, very funny. Of course, yeah. what, what, I saw, I you saw a Twitter, um, was there a Twitter post that's saying uh, correct calculation is uh, ounces times gold times IQ of West Australian journalist <laughs> actually gives you $2 billion, which is what it should be. Mate, if all, the, if all the shares in our portfolios were worth what the in-ground metal was worth, we'd be very rich people, I think. So yeah, very, not quite that simple. Very much. Mm, Latin resources as well in a, in a halt. What's going on there? I think pending a resource announcement. So upgrade, sort of eh? Yeah, yeah. So they, and that for everyone, I'm not sure if that had an upgrade since they, Latin have got a, a pretty much identical jork resource to what Mount Ida did. At, um, for Delta Lithium. Yep. 
Of so course, they're 13, 13 million ton at one point. I think they were 13.1 million ton at 1.2%. Yeah, in Brazil, of course. Yeah. So predictive also in a trading halt. So they'd done a capital raise last week. Think and there was a. This is a suspension now, so they've been in trading hold. I think you already right. get a, you know a couple of days in halt before it has to be turned into a suspension. Exactly. Yeah. So two days in halt turns into a suspension. Some funny wording around that one, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, we're they're in suspension. They, you know, they're. Um, I, it looks like you know ASX has put some questions to them to um, a provide any details of any unannounced expiration assay results and also um, to respond to some price and volume queries. So, that, you know, they're taking their time to get some information together to respond to ASX. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I think was back to back to Latin, I think we talked about it. might have been me and you, Trav. Was that that uh, Solus, Solus Minerals, that, um, that lithium bolter the other week in Brazil oh, yeah. that Latin, yeah. Latin yeah. were cornerstoning, I think? Yeah. Yeah, they a, had a they had a yeah shareholding in it. Yeah, yeah. But it so was it, it was an acquisition of something too. It was an option, an option to acquire Brazilian lithium project from memory. Yeah, well, that um, yeah, that Solus is up to a dollar nine now from absolutely bugger all down ten cents. That's ten back. So there's a lot. Uh, lithium is back in the forefront. Yeah, and we'll uh, keep that theme going. Allchem, who we spoke about probably a month ago with their exciting merger with Livent, the American more of a chemicals business. They came out with a a resource or reserve upgrade at Mount Catlin here in WA showing four to five years of mine life. So you you had an interesting read on this one, JD. Well, the comment we made a month or so ago that that one kind of falls off, you know, so maybe they're sort of prettying it up, putting a bit of makeup on it and out the door later on, we'll sort of wait and see that, uh, that merger could take until the end of the year, I think, to wrap up. So mm-hmm. time will tell. Because there was always people saying that I had sort of a couple of years left. So this is definitely breathing some life into it. It'll be interesting to see if uh, this increase in mine life, if they'll still struggle with the recovery issues that they were, were sort of impeding them last year. So mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. Right. Poly metals. Yeah, oh, mate. This, yeah, well, yeah, just go, one we, yeah, one we haven't really talked about too much uh, before, but they – They've announced that they've just commenced a study on the restart of the Endeavour Silver Zinc Lead Mine in the Cobar Basin. Matty, I know you love the Cobar. Oh, mate. Uh, so they aim to complete this study by- Love it as much as men. Q4 this year. They, so they acquired this mine, Endeavour, from- um, it, was, it was basically from CBH, which is a subsidiary of Toho. Now, the reason like Toho um, is familiar to me is because they're the JV partner of Galena's in the Abra project. So ah. you know, this is one that they had operatorship. Of it's been in care and maintenance since 2020. Um, and Polymetals they picked it up for you know, all they paid was 10 million dollars in script plus a pledge to replace the environmental bond by April 2024, which is currently backed by cash of um, cash of you know, Toho's. Um, that'll be you know, it's yeah, that'll that'll have to be flushed out by cash from Polymetals next year, so. Trav, this is a market cap of 20 to 30 million, I think. You might be encroaching you're on a, Maddie's lane a bit, this I reckon. Is, mate, stay in What's your going bloody on? triple figures, <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> this is my territory. I know. I, well, I, I'm always curious when, um, you know, an old mine gets picked up and you see what, what happens there. Can they, can they wrap a bit of a restart story around it, right? Um, and in this case, they acquired it for uh, no cash up front, right? So it's, it's shares plus a pledge to replace the environmental bond. So, you know, Toho happy to walk away from it without getting any, you know, dollars in the door. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what another party comes up with. I'm interested because it's, you know, the, the, the Galena angle and, um, and also just, um, 
yeah, the, the, the Toho angle. There's usually good reason when, when a company gets rid of a, a thing for next to nothing, but you can always have sort of surprises and stuff. Obviously, Flano, who we're going to have on later with Red Dirt, they picked up those tenements and stuff for, I think Mount Ida was around 10 million or so. So we'll see. But yeah, like I sort of said, there's usually good reason when a company gives away a And obviously, mine. Flano come in after that. They, yeah. yeah, they got yeah, that's right. cheap for that, looking for gold. So we had one more on on the recap. A company. Oh, I've got, and I've got one after that that we missed yesterday. Oh, Get a excited! Treat. It was it was because a money miner sent it in in the Hooteroo chat, buddy. Uh, and for everyone out there, come join the Money Miners Facebook group. We've got a chat. Um, I swear heaps in the chat. You really like <laughs> very relatable, bloody. I could be myself. So it's Money tough. Miners on Facebook. Join the group. I'll let you in. So Jervois, we spoke about them, I think, six weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago now. You love Jervois, JD. I, I, think, it's I a, think it's one of your bloody – that is your lane, I reckon. <laughs> you love your Jervois. It's a, it's a pretty fascinating story. You know, they've got bits going on in, in Europe, in South America, and obviously in the USA. So they've got $15 bucks from the US Department of Defence. And I think they are the US government that is looking from a sort of strategic lens – where they're going to get their cobalt from because they don't want it always coming from Africa. And like we sort of touched on, there there are a lot of big battery makers looking to play out the the cobalt from future batteries. But yeah, they've got 15 million US dollars in the door. This is going to be used for drilling and they're going to do a bankable uh, feasibility study for a potential cobalt refinery in the US. So we'll wait and see. But the share price has ticked up 20-odd percent on that news. And they're oh they're up thirty five at the moment. They were up forty just a long ago. So but up thirty five percent, but over the last year, I think down ninety percent. Declined, yeah. yeah. Um, there was and look, the money miner sent it in. Possibly works here. I'm not sure, but uh, the what was it? Extensional and in, infill drilling at Adriatic over oh, there. Oh yeah, just yeah. to just to highlight. Um, so that's in Bosnia. The the repeats are deposit that we uh, spoke about a couple so of months ago as well. Yes, yeah, so that was a good good yarn we had with the Adriatic lads. And congratulations, Matty Hine uh, got promoted to COO. Yeah, that's what I, I saw. Mate, good on you, mate. He's fly, flying over there. So it just um, shows the the discount that gets applied sometimes to stocks in these, you know, different jurisdictions. If they're not in Australia, they sort of don't get as much airtime. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there there was a discount for quite a while. I'm not sure if we'd say there's too much of a discount anymore, nah. but they're definitely flying under the radar in terms of, you know, how much we talk about them, how much the media here sort of covers them. So you've got one of them is 13 metres at – so they, they put it in as 3,000 grams per tonne silver equivalent or – it converts to 98% zinc equivalent. So can you go wow. over 100% zinc equivalent? How does that work when you're talking equivalents? What? Can you go over 100% when, if you're doing equivalents, percentages? Uh, I, yeah, if you, yeah, if you're doing an equivalent. Oh, you couldn't, could you? Uh, yeah, you could. I mean, yeah. The equivalent yeah, you could, here is... It's a price It's a price. Okay, you conversion. keep adding on. Yeah, yeah. so that, for that 98%, so it's, it's running at nearly 1,000 grams per tonne silver... Uh, 29% zinc, uh, 22% lead, 6 grams per tonne gold, and 4%, 4.25% copper. Yeah. So you, you'd nearly take each of those individually totally. yeah, this as, big, a, as a deposit, let alone combining all that together. That is polymetallic thing. The one thing I always, I always think with these polymetallic assets is – 
they're awesome across the spectrum there, but you're not going to get the same recoveries as no. you would for a pure gold mine. No, and you, you, they would obviously getting figure out what is the you know the most 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 value for yeah. one commodity. Go for the highest recovery there, and it sort of and it tapers off from there. But a shitload of byproduct credits, ten percent corporate tax rate in Bosnia as well. Ooh, so, I heard it's brilliant. You know, Matty Hyman yeah. was trying to sell us the dream to move yeah. over. Go to Dubrovnik on the weekends, buddy. <laughs> Sounded mate, beautiful, didn't it? Life of mine, live from Bosnia. <laughs> I mean, the, cor- the corporate tax rate is amazing, but you you would expect the uh you know the the economics of the government to improve once it becomes two percent of GDP there. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We asked, we posed the question when we spoke, and we'll chuck that one in the in the link. But right, what are we going? We're we going to give Flano a buzz, or we're we going Trav's top. Let's give quotes? him a call. Right, let's get him on the blower. Look, we we probably going to have to call him later, so we'll just cut to it. Let's go. Right, oh, money miners. We told you we'd have a surprise for you today. JD and I threw the bait out yesterday, and to expand on our chat about Gina, Lithium, Delta, all the players, why not get it from the horse's mouth? We've got the big dog on today, MD of Delta Lithium, previously Red Dirt, David Flano Flanagan. How are you, Cobber? Yeah, no, really good. Thanks for having me. Uh, am I a fish? If the quarter or the horse, I don't know, one or the other. But I'm here. I don't know. <laughs> nice We're about to give here. us 20 minutes and we'll uh, figure it out, I guess. Yeah, okay. mate, mate, word <laughs> on the decline in West Perth is, uh, look, you're trading at 70 cents, but they reckon you should be, uh, you're, you think you should be valued 10 bucks. Is that about yeah. right? No, no, sell your mum's house and buy some of our stock. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jerry Harvey style. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, she's all happening. What's what's been going on? We're gonna we're gonna get into expand on what we um what we talked about yesterday. But you look to be a very busy man just in the last month or so. Yeah, yeah. So look, all the things you'd expect us to be doing. So we've got two projects. One we're planning on being a mine later this year. We've got another one. We're absolutely drilling the shit out of it. Uh, we're spending about one and a half to one point seven million a week on both projects. Um. And we, we're sort of engaging with the market, letting people know what we've got, talking to customers, strategics, recruiting people, going to tender on contracts and doing it all. Mate, we, I guess we want to fill in the gaps of, I guess, what we were speculating and spitballing yesterday. So you can look, you can answer or play with the straight bat, uh, however you feel necessary. But look, we're looking at uh, Gina dipping a toe in yesterday with – the Hawthorne and Legacy Iron Ore, obviously a budding to the your Mount Ida project, your, your high grade, or you'd say, well, it's possibly your flagship at the moment, but maybe not in the future, depending on the scale of Yenathara. And then, look, with all the line town and everything, you've got a big hungry mill up the road from Mount Ida that's going to be fed from a, you know, bit of risk coming from just an underground ore source there. How is... Delta Lithium going to play into this? It looks like you've got, to, got some cards up the sleeve with your deposit there. No, it's the, the geology around there is pretty good. So the Ida Fault actually runs all the way to Kathleen Valley, okay, the Liontown deposit. So it heads north. It runs through the ground that, that Gene has done the joint venture on. There's been some sniffs of lithium found to the north on that structure and all the way to the south down at um, the guys at Aurobanda, Luke. Most guys have done. They've got a hit down there. So there's there's mineralisation in the structure, um, and you know there's there could be opportunities down the track to do certain things to to optimise regional infrastructure. Everyone talks to each other quite a bit at the moment. But there's a gold plant, eleven case from where we're planning to put our lithium plant. We're talking to them about them processing our gold. Um, we've got 
the guys at Juno Minerals have got the Magnetite project. We've been talking to them about sharing their camp. People are sharing airstrips, ore fields, roads. So all of that sort of stuff is going to happen. On a on a corporate context, um, it's well known and well publicised uh, that Hancock were buying our stock. Um, I've known Gina for quite some time and her team. They have got a lot of capable people. They have got a critical mineral strategy. Um, so, you know, you, you can see how that's going to create other opportunities. Um, and, you know, and, and, and Chris Ellison's another one. So I've worked with Chris for what must be 15 years now. Um, he was providing services to us at Atlas. So, you know, he's, he's probably the lithium king in Western Australia right now. So, you know, why wouldn't you talk to him? And because I guess pra- practicalities from your operation, I guess how do you see it in terms of building a facility on your site or possibly utilising something like Kathleen Valley that's, you know, a couple of hundred odd k's away for, for trucking? I guess where does that all sit? So so right now we've lodged an approval for mining to start on the tenements before Christmas. <laughs> One of the advantages of, of having a really old gold mining centre is that the tenements are capable of being converted from a gold mining operation to a lithium mining operation relatively simply, and that process is underway. And the the intention, we've not contemplated anything else other than mining product on that project and processing it as a DSO and shipping it through Geraldton or just processing to concentrate and shipping through Geraldton. That's it. So we, we, haven't, we haven't, you know, contemplated shipping it to Kathleen Valley at all. And but but what is the is there any I think I've asked numerous people this and it probably varies per deposit. How much off the bottom line do you lose going down the DSO route compared to if you did concentrate straight up? I know that Kathleen Valley won't be ready, but is do you lose much doing the DSO option? Yeah. So if we were to mine DSO and shit for about a year we'd probably mine about 1% or 2% of the ore body and we probably would only get paid for probably, I don't know, between half and, and two-thirds of the lithium units that we would normally be getting paid for. So you do lose value, um, but you gain a lot by actually having your underground development in, your, your sort of portaling or your, whatever your open pit scenario is going to be like. You gain the time and the value of all of that. So the, the net result is that you will have fixed your long lead items, you will have done your early works, you will have built your camp, you will have put your roads in, and, and the advantage of that is far outweighs that that small marginal loss on, on recovery. Um, on a very small tonnage, we'd be talking twenty to 30,000 tonnes per month of DSO if it works. I don't got it. We're handing over to the finance guys now, so they're going to be hit, no doubt they'll be hitting you up about your bloody op- uh, your performance rights and everything, mate. Get ready. David, no, actually, I've got the mining side done. <laughs> David, I actually had one more. So you mentioned the approvals process. I'm just keen to hear how things are travelling with the the Midwest Ports Authority in Geraldton and how that's all tracking along. Yeah, so I just want to put it out there. There is there is no other Western Australian lithium project currently in the process to receive an approval to mine. Okay, so we're the only ones. We've also gone to the Menzies Shire to get um, approval to have our road diverted. We've started the process to get a permit to truck from our project to the port, and we've gone to the port and we've signed an MOU around accessing Berth 4 
to ship our product as soon as it can be available. And at the moment, if it if the market's open for us, we'll ship that product in the second half of next year. And sending out the DSO, do you have to sign? Obviously, we see a lot of action around offtake agreements and so on. Is it a lot more flexible with these DSO arrangements? Actually, so we've got crew in China right now. Um, George and, and Daniel are visiting customers there right now. So, so they're negotiating different market pricing scenarios with different customers right now. Um, and, and both of them are quite novel. And um, I'm not here, have, I haven't heard of anyone else having done anything similar. So I think that there's all sorts of flexibility and opportunity for selling DSO, um, however you want, with whatever customer you want, whether you want to have a, a profit share, whether you want to have a fixed price, a cap and collar, you want to have a floating price, you want to have it referenced to all different benchmarks or combinations of benchmarks, it's all available to you in whatever currency you want. But the, the, the Chinese are the are the customers who are going to buy it. There's no one else to buy DSO. It only can go to China and they are very, very entrepreneurial. And is that is that just a function of the processing capability worldwide? Is that why China only takes the DSO? Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, like China's been the first mover on all of this. So everyone, like Tesla might sign an off-take agreement to go and buy a bunch of concentrate, but they don't currently have the capacity to process any of it. Same with Ford, they've signed an off-take agreement to take product to the US, but they still haven't built a plant. So between now and then, everything pretty much still has to go to China, and China's number one. So, so Flanner, um, on the uh, on the uh, oppies or the so the performance rights that Maddie Maddie alluded to there, you know, you've, you're not you're not shy from talking about the um, some that sort of vest upon a an 100 million ton um, resource. Uh, yeah. we, you know, we'd love to see something you know pretty pretty kind of bold as a, as a goal, um, not, not something that seems, you know, very achievable in the near term, you know, which, which that number is right. It's pretty, pretty far away from um, where things were when you joined. So, you know, talk us through how, like, how do you get to a hundred million tons from, from where things are today? Is it Unithara um, that does the bulk of that work? Mate, it's, it has to be on the radar, I reckon, Flano, mate. It's, it's not in there by accident. No, 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 no. So, no, you did right. Well, you, look, you know, we're here to do something real. We're here to dig a hole. We're here to move the needle and make a difference. Look, I reckon that Western Australia should be the place to be when it comes to delivering lithium for the world, right? So um, one of the reasons I've got into this place because I just love the prospectivity. I'm a geologist. I can see the potential. And I'm going to have to work really hard and the, the family's going to miss me for a long time. So it's got to be consequential from an economic point of view to, to sort of do all that work. Um, so you sort of created an objective that's aligned with the shareholders and, you know, is going to help you explain the whole reason why you're going to miss your family holiday to your wife if that ever happens because that's what happens, right? Speaking um, of missing family holidays, mate, the other, there was another what, bit there that vests upon, um, you know, first, first uh, you know, DSO happening before the end of the year. I hope you don't make the boys work over Christmas and miss, uh, miss their family <laughs> holidays to get there. No, well, no, no don't take the holidays another time. <laughs> Sleep in 2024. <laughs> no, no, well, um, it, not only do we need to be mining, but yeah. everyone in the business, every single person in the business who's doing anything will have options that vest if we mine by Christmas. If mm. it turns out we're not mining and we start mining in January, they all go to zero. Mm. That, um, 
Yinathara, mate, can you? I want to go into that a bit because that's it's obviously, you know, heart sort of down from the Pilbara, away from that sort of Leonora Leonora um, Leinster district, like sort of you know five hundred odd odd k's away, but it looks like based on your wits and then the wits on the adjacent tenements that are uh, people are hitting, like it looks like that's where the real scale is going to come from. Is that a fair fair assumption? Mate, look, at Mount Ida, we hit one pegmatite at, we found one pegmatite in outcrop the size of a dinner table and it delivered us 12.7 million tonnes in nine months of drilling, right? At Yenithara, we've got 74 outcropping pegmatites. The M1 outcrop is 700 metres long. Okay, so to, to apply the same expiration metric, which is reasonable, You'd have to look at that project as having like an order of magnitude more potential. And since then, we've gone and drilled 200 holes into the project. And those first two pegmatites, we've now defined over a mile long each, running parallel to each other. I can't imagine that Melinda prospect, the first prospect we've drilled, not being a substantial mining operation. It's inconceivable to me. And Flano, would the strategy there be once you've delineated a, a resource around it to DSO as soon as possible as well? Or is that too far it's, down the track to say? It's a, it's a good question. We've been kicking around code names at the moment for the next phase of Unithara. And I'm thinking of using, you can tell me what you think. I'm thinking of calling it Drilling Factory. <laughs> so basically, it's going to be called, um, you know, Project Drilling Factory or. Um, Operation Swiss Cheese. Operation <laughs> Drill Factory Operation. Yeah, Swiss Cheese is actually, that is a good one. <laughs> Operation Swiss Cheese. So, so we literally will need to create a small town out there to sustain the campaign of drilling next year. And it, we will hammer it. And the intention is to just hammer it as fast as we can. Now, <clears throat> Because, I, look, I, I'm quite optimistic we're going to hit our targets and deliver our performance rights and our staff. You know, some of them are going to be able to go buy a jet ski and that's wicked. That's what they want to do. Great. Um, but I reckon once we hit those milestones, we're sort of thinking about the next lot and we might be using, we might be thinking about first mining for Yeni. We might be thinking about, um, you know, approvals for DFS. We might be thinking about FID all those different things about mining licenses, native title agreements, all the different milestones. Um, I'm building a schedule to deliver all those things right now. So Flano, talking about all this drilling and everything that sort of springs to mind, this stuff's going to cost a fair bit of money. And you guys did uh, quite a good financing deal that we spoke about earlier in the week with Ida Mitsu. Can you run us through how that came about to start with just quickly? So yeah, I can. So look, I've you know, because I've got some quite good relationships with all these different people, so I, I, I want to keep them. Yes, <laughs> Full editing rights, mate. You're all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Sue were the underbidders on this project when Arrow Minerals sold it to Electrostate, right? And they also expressed an interest to Electrostate to purchase it when we bought it. So, so then after they sort of possibly missed it on two occasions. They they thought, oh, we, we don't want to miss it again. We really like the geology. 
we really like the geochemistry. We really think that this is globally significant. So we'll go and invest in the company. So they invested in the company. And despite having spent quite a bit of time with me and the team, they grew to like us and thought that we were worth backing. And and then they sort of approached us to see if they could put more money in to then sort of help us accelerate everything that we're doing. And and that's where we're at right now. So so they're, they're keen to be there to bring whatever resources we need to make Unithara as good and as great and as big as it can be. And and we're not shy about where we see something else that looks like the sort of an acquisition that shareholders would love, that we would probably go down that road as well. Um, I'm curious, but, you, know, know, you, you probably watched yeah. the boys you know, do their bit um, yesterday and, and I wasn't there for it. So you know, you're, you're allowed to be honest with me. What did the boys get wrong? <laughs> yeah, like I said, I've got still got quite good relationships with some of those people you're talking about. So I'm not <laughs> going to give it all away. Let's just say I'm, I'm providing no comment on anything that you guys said yesterday. But um, other than that, we have had oodles of interest in groups wanting to take stakes in our company. And I'm not just talking about Chinese customers or Japanese customers or European customers. Like if, like, and the fact that that uh, mineral resources have been in there buying on market, and Hancock have been buying on market, and Inamitsu were buying on market, um, and we've got Waratah Capital run by Ernie Ortez, probably one of the smartest people in the world in in, in lithium investing. Um, there's lots of validation of what we're doing and lots of interest, um, and part of the reason we're running so hard is not just to do good things and to be cost effective. But sometimes if you sort of like hesitate, you lose. So we've just got to go as hard as we can and try and outrun some of these buggers before they get us. How important was it keeping that 15% voting power with that Itamitsu deal, which is obviously a bit different to most deals that go around? Um, it might be just the sweetest deal I've ever done. Wicked, I think the word was, wasn't it? <laughs> So you think about that. So Itamitsu have, have, have come in and they've agreed to follow our recommendation in relation to responding to any sort of a change of control transaction for three years. That's a huge deal. So that means that um, if someone comes along and does something cheeky, well, we can treat them like a cheeky person or a cheeky company, right? And just say, look, you guys go away. Um, but if someone comes along and makes like a knockout proposal that's in shareholders' interests, um, Itamitsu won't block that transaction. And and the board today lodged a substantial interest notice on behalf of the company because because of that connection with Itamitsu, Delta is actually now a substantial holder in its own shares. We are, and I think Trav pulled out that the same was, what was it, Trav? Evolution back oh, in 2015? I'm keeping it up my sleeve for Trav's top tweets coming on after this, man. <laughs> yeah. So have they done something like this before? You're going to have to tune in to find out, mate. I'll, um, I'm going to reveal all. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll bloody good on them. So if, yeah. if they, if they it's, have what they not quite like this, but it's um, similar. Yeah. There's, there's analogies. This is, you're right, it is innovative and it's really, really cool to see stuff like this because, you all know, right. in the world of M&A, like this is just, you know, awesome deal protection um, that, the you know, the company kind of 
well, not not deal protection, but basically it's like a, a, a defensive move that gives you know outsized powers to to, to the board um, to get yeah. to get a, the best possible outcome for shareholders. Oh, and considering every other company's just getting blocking stakes in companies, it's um that's why it was uh, definitely stood out. Oh, mate, look, I, look, I'm not going to sort of name names or call that, but but do you really want to be a shareholder where you've got someone with a great big blocking stake who's going to do what's what they want to do and not what you want to do? So at least here, the directors have got a fiduciary duty to do what's good for the shareholders, right? Mate, uh, I guess, uh, Travis and Jonas, chime in with any more after this, but like, I guess our big question for today, um, look, congratulations on the name change, but we're still a bit devo. We didn't get the invite to the party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping hoping now this new relationship has put us at the front front line for any future tickets for Delta, uh, Delta events. Yeah, no, you're in. Consider it done. We can do a live. We can do a live cross from the event, mate. Let's do that. There we go. Now we're talking. Love it. We love it. Lads, you got anything else? No, I appreciate your time. That's it. Thanks for your time, Flano. Ah, uh, good on no, you, no. mate. And uh, look, all, all the best. Looking forward to the Swiss cheese getting um, hulled out, mate. Yeah. It's um... <laughs> Operation Swiss cheese. Anyway, you guys keep doing what you're doing. I reckon it's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure, mate. Appreciate it. We'll, appreciate we'll uh, it, catch you for a bloody pint sometime soon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look Beautiful. forward to seeing that. Uh, was it seven dollar price tag? Was it? Was it ten? No, ten. Clyde's told me ten. <laughs> if, we can, if we can get Guinea up and running, Dale Henderson at Pilbara Minerals better be careful because he'll see us coming at him from behind. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. Uh, have yourself a good working weekend, I assume. We'll do. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Good on you, Cobber. Cheers, Cheers, mate. There we go, lads. These. Uh, so, look, we caught up with a journalist last night uh, that did an article on, I guess, in, 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 inspired by the money miners about uh, the five, five rules to investing. And one of those rules that he wrote in this article was essentially if the, bloody, if the, if the MD bores you and puts you to sleep, don't buy the stock. <laughs> But, mate, Flano, how good is he? That what was great. a bloody character. legend. You love to see a bit of character, don't you? Like, yeah. It's just, um, yeah. It's, and we're in an industry where there's no shortage of companies, you know, to work for if you're in mining. So, you, yeah, I can see that bit of advice that we got because uh, you, you want you want some, some level of certainty that, you know, MDs can, you know, have a vision and excite people and attract people. And, well, and a lot of that comes that. down to how they communicate with shareholders yeah. and also I'm assuming staff as so well. It, so it, 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 it attracts and it's exactly what you say. It attracts both investors, but it attracts people that want to work for them. Yeah, and you can really get that, inspire get the, the troops, can't you? Yeah. Well, you inspire the troops, but then the troops inspire better operations. Yeah. And you just got to make sure that expectations are um, achievable as well. And then it's yeah. a bloody... He's coming for Pilbara Minerals, he reckons. <laughs> and I like, I like what he came back with the question on your performance rights and your options and stuff. Yeah. And he was quick to say that it's not just him, the team is incentive to, incentivized to yep. reach these targets as well, you know? Yep. Does he have to – how does it work? Does the, the team have a separate yep. performance package or they come out of his Yeah, no, there's a, there's a separate one. There'll be, yeah, they'll be like an the board, employee, share yeah. option performance. Yeah. The board will set up how the CEO's compensation is structured. Yeah. And then I think from st- staff down, the management will decide. Well, and as I say, hat off to him. He's like, right, 50, 50 and 100 million, ton, uh, 100 million ton. These are the targets, right? I'll put the bloody, I'll put the yards in and the, and the work and I'll do it. Like that's, um, yeah, it's no, they're not unrealistic 
uh, sorry, they're not like easily attainable performance targets. So, yeah, I look forward to following the journey. Whether it's in his hands or not in the foreseeable future, who knows? That sounds like there's going to be a pretty a bit of action around there. He played that. He didn't give anything away. But he's got quite the say in the matter now, doesn't he, with Ida Mitsu's voting stake. Yeah, Trav. very much. Right, Trav. Oh, press the button. Trav's top tweets. <laughs> How good is it? So bloody good. I love it, mate. mate. Sensational. Bloody brilliant, that one. Trav's top tweets. All right, boys. <laughs> Are we ready? Oh, Let's do I'm it. Ready. In fourth place, mate, this week, we've got this tweet is awarded to Shay Russell. Now, the real kudos in this tweet, though, actually goes to Mr. Mark Bennett, the current MD of Falcon Medals and famously at the helm of Sirius for the Nova Discovery. Now, Shay says in her tweet, love it when the top brass at a mining company has a sense of humor, rock stars in quotation marks. And what she's done is she's uploaded a video of a panel on stage at the Melbourne um, Mines and Money event, not to be confused with Money of Mine, the Mines and Money event. Uh, it's a panel titled Reflections from Our Rock Stars. Now, what she does is she zooms in on the title of the panel and then pans the camera across. And on stage, what do we see? Mark Bennett dressed there in the, in the middle of the panel, dressed up as Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Love Pretty your Pretty sure word, it's Axel Rose. Guarantee, <laughs> I think the red bandana, that's who I pick. Brilliant stuff, mate. Love it. Mate, so in, uh, in third place, we're going to go to a, a different mining rock star and he's a new friend of the podcast, Maddie and JD. We're on the invite list. <laughs> so good. Mr. David Flanagan himself. So today, David, he uploaded on Twitter saying, today Delta Lithium lodged a substantial shareholder notice in its own shares. Relates to change of control agreement with Itamitsu. Full agreement lodged on ASX. DLI is DLI, this is highly innovative and great for shareholders. And as discussed with David, we agree, mate. It's a damn innovative instrument. Mr. Flanagan, which um, you know, it gives him and the board some extra firepower in the event where Delta could be the recipient of a takeover offer. And as I alluded to in the chat that we had with him, it reminded me of Evolution doing something analogous back in 2015 when they actually had to issue an initial substantial notice in themselves as well. Um, hold on, hold on. Take a, take a breath there, Trav. As I said, one, one old segment for you, mate. It's uh, putting a lot of pressure on you gasping for air. <laughs> I don't want to have to revive you. Right. So they, they acquired <laughs> La Mancha's, uh, so yeah, this is, this is um, evolution. They acquired La Mancha's Australian operations, some gold assets in Kalgoorlie. Um, and that happened, I think, but yeah, back in 2015. La Mancha received shares in evolution in exchange for doing that deal. Uh, and they got, they were, you know, to get 31% of the pro forma evolution. Um, and in, in that agreement, there was, it was agreed that La Mancha would um, escrow those shares for 24 months. So they couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't sell them, right? Um, and when you looked at the share sale agreement, you could see that La Mancha were limited in their ability to accept a takeover offer of Evolution unless half of the other Evolution shareholders accepted it. And that results in Evolution ultimately having to do the same thing that Delta did, which is issue an initial substantial shareholder notice in themselves. So Mr. Flanagan is right. It is innovative and we love deal innovation. There's usually a good reason why a company is doing it. 
This is uh, Trav's getting more. Um, he's really looking for positives in the market now. I feel like it's a. He's a new man. He is evolving as the time goes on. We'll have to see if it's the real Trav Ricciardo. God, to be going to bloody mining church soon. <laughs> Man, I'm going to keep it up. We've got a third one on mining legends here. Oh. So, and while we're on the theme of them, third place it goes this tweet from Mr. Pete Panda, who says, Aussies, you really have only one video up from legend Mark Creasy, even worse than Friedland. <laughs> so, Pete Panda, he's Canadian, I gather. And uh, we agree, Pete, there should be more. In fact, we'd love to sit down with Mr. Creasy, a long form interview. Um, style, bringing his stories to life. I'm sure that Mr. Creasy, who's just a giant in the industry, has plenty of bloody good stories I'd to tell. I'd love the history. It'd be awesome. It'd Absolutely. Be, Absolutely. How, how old's Creasy? Oh, mate, he'd be, he'd be old, but with, with age comes wisdom. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd have to, God, he'd have to be in his 70s, 80s. Mm. Been around a while. Oh, yeah. Is he like one of the, you'd say, he's one of the grandfathers of exploration that are still around, aren't they? Like the, like, Absolutely. And held, that crazy held lots of ground. Yeah, like, they're still on the register with a lot of explorers active in that exploration space, but so many stories to, to unfold if we ever manage to get him on the show. Totally. And uh, yeah. Well, if he's going to do one, where else would you go? There's, uh, it helps when we've got no competitors. There are competitors, but they're not competing, <laughs> put it that way. So, Changing tune a little. First place goes to Twitter pseudonym Twin Turbo Salika. And he highlighted this fascinating instance of director... Trading disclosures on MM1. Twin, he says, when you're a company director, but the missus thinks she's a day trader and he hashtags it day trader, hashtag she's not because she made a profit. And he's, he's taking a screenshot of the uh, change of director's interest notice and you zoom in on what he's highlighted and it basically shows um, uh, 50,000 shares being acquired and then 50,000 shares <laughs> being sold um, at a pretty you know marginal price differential within five Days. So very, very, very funny. Twin, well, well won this time around. <laughs> good stuff, guys. Very Love good, lads. Um, well, we better smash this out because we've got a beer at the Windsor. Beautiful. Hooteroo. Hooteroo, have a great weekend, Money Mourners. Come join the Money Mourners Facebook group. Get on the Hooteroo chat and uh, get involved with the hosts. Hooteroo. Cheers. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.